Listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. Today we continue our conversations in the Set Apart to Serve series. We'll check in actually with a local pastor right here in Missouri in just a moment. Thanks to Concordia University Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. My guest today, Pastor Brian Roberts of Zion Lutheran Church in Peavley, Missouri. Pastor Roberts, welcome to the Coffee Hour. Thank you, Andy. It's good to have you here, and I am excited to share your story as we talk about Set Apart to Serve and continuing the conversation about encouraging people to consider church work vocations. But this one's kind of special for me because it's a personal connection. You happen to be the pastor who serves my family's congregation, my parents' congregation, and have provided much spiritual care for my parents, for my family, over several years now. How long has it been that you've been I at Zion? Just celebrate five years. Five years. It seems yeah. like it's been long. Well, you did. Well, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Sure. You did sure. vicarage. I did. I did vicarage. So Zion. technically I've been there for six years, uh-huh. but ordained for five. Very so. good. So let's talk about where this story began. What was life like for the Roberts family before you started even thinking about seminary? What What was family life and career life like before seminary was even in the picture? Oh, goodness. Well, I met my wife while I was stationed in Dover, Delaware. I was did 21 years in the Air Force, first as an aircraft mechanic and then as a enlisted flight crew member. And during that time, she's been with me since almost the very mm-hmm. beginning of, of my career. So she is a an Air Force wife who has endured multiple deployments, gone for exercises, professional development training, just prepared well for a business that has less than normal office hours. <laughs> uh, and then my two boys have been along for the ride, you know, quite a bit of that time. We were only married a couple of years before we had our, our first son, Cameron, 18 months later. Warren came along, so military brats, so to speak, <laughs> and and homeschoolers too. So we, we thought we might move around a lot more than we actually did. And so we, we made the choice to, to homeschool our boys, and, and they actually went to the seminary as they were entering into their high school years. So they, they had that experience, and I, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that more. But, yeah, life was just your typical military lifestyle. And, and actually, in that way, then, I guess, you know, for me, versus, you know, the transition that a lot of other guys would experience, it was kind of the same. You know, transitioning from base housing kind of thing to campus housing <laughs> wasn't wasn't that big of a deal. You shared that you are an adult convert. So tell us a little bit about the path of how the Lord brought you into the Lutheran Church. Wow, that is perhaps a longer story than you have time for <laughs> today. But you know what? It, it it basically revolves around me having unsettled questions from my youth that as my boys got to the age where they were asking questions about the faith, and, and they were doing this very young. I, I think my, my older of the two was somewhere between five and seven years old when he began to ask those questions, take them to the pastor at the time, and and really wasn't satisfied with some of the answers that they were getting. I wanted them to have better answers than I had that growing up, I always questioned my faith. I never questioned whether God loved me. I guess I questioned in a, in a decision theology kind of atmosphere whether I had decided right. And I, I wanted my kids to have more assurance than that. I did a lot of this exploring on one of my deployments, and wonders of wonders, the guy who sat right next to me 
on the jet for six months was the son of a Wells pastor. And so when I opened up on, on one of our sorties with some questions and he starts quoting small catechism to me, I thought he was a closet theologian. It was just amazing. I'd never really talked to a Lutheran at length, and that just set me down that path of of what is is this faith all about. And, and in that, I found the the answers to the questions that I was seeking for my boys to give them that that comfort and assurance of their salvation that I, I just felt like I was missing as a youth myself. Mm. Wow. So, yeah. And then from there, found a congregation eventually, it sounds like? Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's another story in itself, too. Growing up in these larger churches, I just couldn't conceive that there would be nobody at a church. And so we're in this small town, you know, has a has one pastor, a part-time secretary that there's that's there two days a week. I come off of that deployment and I say, I've got to find me a Lutheran pastor. I've got to uh, find an explanation to these questions that are still bouncing around in my head. And I get to the only LCMS church in our town and I knock on the door and nobody answers. Well, he's out making a hospital call, but I don't know this. So then I'm pulling on doors. I'm looking in windows. <laughs> he actually comes back from this call. The The neighbor to the church is a church member. So he sees somebody sneaking around the ha- the church, pulls into that driveway and calls the cops on me. And so my <laughs> first meeting church. with the LCMS <laughs> was, was, I guess – proctored by the local law enforcement. <laughs> but after we got that sorted out, pastor was nice enough to invite me in. We had a nice conversation where he slowed me down and it was like a lot of questions for one day. I know you've been thinking about this for six months, you said, but um, he handed me a small catechism. And I was I was actually afraid to take that in the house. So I, I put it under the passenger seat of my vehicle and I read it on lunch breaks. And I just kept coming back to him with questions and he just walked me, walked me through it. Of course, like a lot of other adult converts that are are married and, and their family is involved in church, we are very involved in the church we were coming from. My wife was Sunday school director at the time of a very large church and had commitments. And we we went through a, a period of at least a year or more where where we will du- we were double church in it. You know, go on to, to the one church and then and visit the LCMS church for the second service or, or vice versa. So there was a, there a bit of a transition period for us. In the end, obviously, it's, apparently, yeah. you found this to, to be your confession too. Sure. Yep. And when did you start thinking about seminary then? I mean, your career military. Yeah. When did, when did seminary enter the the picture. You know, it, it, it's funny. I guess it came to me in fits and starts because only once we got to the seminary did my – and, you know, of course, you're, you're packing up things at home to move and you're making decisions on what you're taking with you and what you're not. My wife brought something that she didn't tell me about, and it was a, a sheet of paper that I had filled out when we were dating. So this is, you know, 21-year-old, maybe longer than that piece of paper – and it was one of those questionnaires that, you know, girls sometimes pull out of magazines for their, <laughs> their boyfriends and stuff to fill out. And, and one of the questions on there was, if you weren't doing what you currently are, what would you be doing? And I had written pastor. 
Now, I don't remember that conversation at all. <laughs> but then as I began to have conversations with different people, you know, my, my military career is coming to an end. I've reached 20. I'm approaching 20 anyways and needing to make a decision on what is the next phase of life. Those conversations start to, to happen a lot. And so all of a sudden people begin to mention things about previous conversations that you have long since forgotten or or talking about you know situations that might be a bit more transferable to the ministry and and you know I was an elder in in, in my Lutheran congregation there after I figured out what Lutheranism was all about and uh, you know just members there at the, at the congregation asking the question so what are you going to do are you going to stay around here after the military some of them making suggestions about you know, you're, you're, we appreciate what you've done as an elder. Have you have you thought about being a, a pastor? And of course, my pastor. I, I mean, he was on it from almost day one. I mean, he just took the original questions that I asked him and just ran with it for like ten years. So <laughs> he he was he was really a force in informing me and encouraging me, and mm. I appreciate what he did. So who was that pastor? That was Pastor Walters, the mm. Redeemer Lutheran in Shawnee, Oklahoma. Wow. Thanks be to God for that pastor and for that congregation that also encouraged you to consider that. All right. So let's talk about, let's talk about that transition to seminary. Okay. You were, you're moving from the base. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Well, Well, we had, we were living off base. base. Okay. Mm -hmm. But moving from military life now to seminary life. Yeah. What was that like? You know, again, we we moved less than we thought we would mm-hmm. as as a military family, and so, you know, it was it was a lot more of a struggle, maybe more akin to what a lot of people would experience going there, and so yeah, you're you're thinking about downsizing. Of course, we're homeschoolers, so you're talking about bringing a library mm-hmm. with you already before you're buying all the seminary books and stuff you're going to have to have. So we literally looked like a, a, a library in our house with everything going on explaining to the kids what this move is about and and what is 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 going on thinking about this is a transition for my wife as well so what kind of bridges are there from what we've been doing as a family in Oklahoma to what we're going to be doing now and I I do have to give a, a shout out to the seminary here because I think they do a good job at helping the wives land. I think the course they were teaching at the time we got there was after the boxes or something like that. And and Lori even got into helping teach that class as, as we became upper classmen. And uh, I just couldn't encourage people more to really think about the transition their wife is going to make. It was kind of easy for us, that transition. My boys, you know, again, it was kind of easy for us, that transition. My boys, you know, again, it was kind of easy for us. The, the, the year that we got there, my class was just actually full of homeschoolers. So it was like a youth version of the little rascals running around campus <laughs> because there was just a ton of them. We do school in the morning. Of course, that largely falls on on my wife while while I'm doing the school thing. On top of that, she's, she's raising a little extra money watching other sim kids and, and stuff like that. And then I'm, I'm working at, after school, working uh, security. So that was a transition. My kids were actually seeing me a lot less than they were used to because you're going to school and and then you know trying to work a part-time job mine thankfully was there on campus doing security to keep things afloat and and there's a lot of miracles in that i could even talk about it took us two years to sell our house in oklahoma so you're living in clayton and paying a mortgage back 
that's somewhere else. So that's a story in and of itself. But walking in and, and the, reviewing the security logs for the day and seeing my kids are half the problem on campus. So <laughs> so they, they worked out that transition. A lot of my peers. <laughs> we have more to learn about the life of seminary after a career and pursuing that that formation of a pastor. Our guest today, Pastor Brian Roberts, I am Lutheran Church in Peebley, Missouri. We'll continue the conversation in just a moment right here on The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. We are continuing our conversations in the Set Apart to Serve series. Today we're talking with Pastor Brian Roberts of Zion Lutheran Church in Peavely, Missouri. And Pastor Roberts, you shared about that, uh, some of the steps in the transition to seminary life, having lived off base, but a full career in the military now, mm-hmm. making the transition to being a student again. Yeah. What was that like, Being going from full-time career where you're busy all the time to now being a student, like books, legit studying tests, all that. And surprise. Yeah, you know, two things I think jumped up and surprised me right away because I think you get caught into in the accounting of it all. You know, can I afford this? Is this the right time? What am you know, maybe you're not homeschooler like me. Where am I going to place my kids in school? You have all these things you're you're thinking about. I don't think I realized even a lot of this until I had to take a counseling class and I had to go into counseling for that, you know, as part of the requirements and psychiatry. I think I'm there just to check the box and the psychiatrist bringing out all these feelings and stuff. But, you know, two things I didn't I didn't take into account. One was, you know, I was 20 years into a career, which, you know, a lot of second career guys are are kind of the go to guy in, in whatever industry they're in. They have the answers. They have the experience. And now I don't know Greek and I don't know Hebrew and don't know as much about theology as I like to tell myself I know. And, you know, I'm not the go-to guy anymore. You just take a gut punch to the pride real quick. The other thing is it was I didn't know that I had maybe lost a step academically because my career had been building on previous knowledge. You know, I just I just was becoming more proficient at what I had done for 20 years. And now I'm completely changing gears. And I'm realizing that these 24-year-olds, their minds work a lot faster than mine does. And, and especially grasping new areas. I have a competitive edge and I still wanted to mm-hmm. academically... A little difficult, I mean, I, but I have a competitive edge and I still wanted to mm-hmm. academically you know, be right where they were at. So, you know, there. then you just become the promoter of study groups <laughs> so you can right. glean their knowledge. What? So what age were you when you entered seminary? 40. 40. So. Yeah. Yeah. So 40, and you said many of your classmates were 
24. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're just right out of undergrad. Mm-hmm. You know, a few of them maybe took a few years to make mm-hmm. that decision. So, you know, 26, 27, 28 years old. But I, surprisingly, a large number of second career guys. And, and I'm telling you, I think one of the closest groups you'll ever meet on campus and maybe other guests have said this is that summer greek class Mm. so obviously that's that's going to include i think a large number of those those older guys who haven't had that through the concordia system Mm -hmm. uh want to make the most of their time so don't want to wait till the official school semester starts and so they're there during the summer and uh, man those we just formed a tight-knit group right there and of course it wasn't just only with those guys but ended up being very very good friends with them probably you know lifelong friends i would imagine just because of the the bonds built there but able to kind of confide in somebody that this is not coming to me as easy as i hoped or how are you managing kids and study time and working and and all of this stuff and and really leaning on one another for for that kind of support and it was incredibly helpful and I've heard that about seminary life, that you can really develop a, a close sense of community through those, those – you have a shared experience. Yeah, you, through yeah. that shared experience, you develop a close sense of community and a, a faithful brotherhood. But it can also have its challenges too. And you, you shared a little bit about you know working on campus and then discovering that your boys were yeah, half <laughs> having the the security yeah. issues. Mm-hmm. What was – you know, you have that that close sense of community. What were the challenges uh, of seminary life as well? You know, perhaps as military, you, it, picking up and moving wasn't as challenging for you, but for some mm-hmm. families, packing up and moving multiple times, yes, a whole family can be challenging, especially a second career. Yeah, now it can be a challenge. I find that the seminary though is is more than willing to to work with you. Now they're limited in what they can do, but. Mm-hmm. But like in our situation with my oldest son and his autism, obviously there's there's doctors that you need to consider and, and, and counseling and medications and things like that. And so that's where they worked with us to to flip my academic, my last academic year and my vicarage year. So I was able to do three academics years straight and then go into my vicarage and the congregation that ended up calling me there in Peevely took me on as a vicar. And so th- there are things that they do and and some of my friends were for other reasons that was also the route that they went so again some of those guys i began with in summer greek took the same track as i did and and that was that was very helpful but yeah those those challenges are going to be if you have any any kids or spouse or even yourself with with medical needs you're going to have a lot of setup once you get there but you're going to have that with any Mm -hmm. any move the only problem is is you're you're entering into something you're maybe a little less familiar with entering back into the academic sphere and 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 things are headed in a bunch of different directions. I think the onboarding there at the seminary is, is pretty good with orientation and and stuff like that and and the and the professors seem to be more willing more than willing to 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 work with you and and needing to take care of family issues and stuff like that. Again, you got to get things done. So there's only so so much bending that can be done and in order to allow you to do that kind of thing, but I, I, I definitely, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want anybody to be discouraged from seminary, if that's where they feel that the Lord is calling them, because of these challenges. So I guess, I guess what I'm trying to communicate in the way of being helpful is, th- there's no problems that you're going to come there with that somebody's not going to have a solution to. So, I've heard on more than one occasion that. Seminary makes a seminarian. The parish makes a pastor. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, that that's a very good statement. I, I think 
for me where where that becomes true is as you enter into people's stories. And 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 those those stories are really God's story that that he's telling through the lives of his people. So I get to be there at the beginning of life. You know, I, I get to be there when that young child is born and I get to tell that parent that this is a gift from God. And and I even get to be there when when maybe the circumstances surrounding that weren't so ideal. You know, maybe this was a young couple and an unplanned pregnancy. But I, I still get to tell them that this that even even while they were sinning, God was still blessing. And this child is still a gift and not a mistake. And and forever this child is is a reminder that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. And, and, and what a beautiful lesson to take mm-hmm. on through the entire life of this child that, that, that yes, we sin and we mess up, but, but God blesses. And then, and then later on in life, I get to be there when that same father is waiting in the hospital room while maybe that child or a spouse or, or another loved one is, is in surgery. And we get to talk about how weak we feel, how, how inadequate we feel as we, we can't take care of those people we, we care about. And we're men and we want to do that. And we get to come to this point in the conversation together where we reach the end of our own strength and have to rely on the strength of God. And I'm there to help make that a possibility. And then I get to be there at the end of life. And 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 I've walked in the hospital rooms where you thought you were walking into an old-time tent revival, and people are like, Pastor, she's going home. She's going home. And then I, I've walked into hospital rooms where – some angry family member wants to pop my head off my shoulders because I represent the God who took their loved one too soon. Mm. And yet I walk out of every one of those experiences asking myself the question, who was more blessed, me or, or, or them? And oftentimes thinking that I was the one that was more blessed because I, I'll tell you that the, the people of Zion – preach a sermon to me in every one of those situations just by living as faithful people of God. And I think that's where the academics, the lessons of seminary that made that seminarian make the pastor as you live that out in those those circumstances. And, and we just talked about hospital visits, let alone everything <laughs> else that, that a pastor is invited to, invited into in, as he enters into the life of the people and the life of the congregation. And it just, it just happens there when, when, when people meet people and, and, and we're joined together in, in, in that, that chord with the Lord. You shared earlier some encouragement already for a man who might be considering seminary to not be discouraged by some of the ch- potential challenges that, sure. that lie ahead. Anything else you would in, like to invite that man, especially who might be considering this as a second career, sure. who's, who's in a career, whether it's a good one, good fit, or not a good fit for him, but thinking about seminary mm-hmm. uh, now that might be a good fit for him as well, what would you invite him to consider? Yeah, I, I guess a couple of things. I already mentioned, please, you know, take your wife into consideration as you think <laughs> this. You know, the another thing, and, and I, I'm sure it's been said plenty of times is, is there's never a perfect time, you know, so so quit wasting your time looking for the perfect moment. It might have seemed like the perfect moment for me, the end of a military career. The Air Force was getting rid of me whether I wanted to or not, and I had to land somewhere. But at the same time, as I mentioned before, I still had a house that didn't sell for two years. So I could second guess myself all day long about the timing of my decisions. 
But as I mentioned before, in a lot of miraculous ways, that just got worked out as we were there at at the seminary. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't let those kind of things stop you. It, there's never going to be the perfect time. Just mm-hmm. oh, and the other thing I, I was I was trying to trying to recall is you have a wealth of experience. And and if you think at this point in your life, you know, midway through a career perhaps that that God is calling you to the ministry, to calling you to this kind of change, then, you know, don't try to kind of stiff arm God. I, I would more ask the question of of what is God really calling me to? What 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 is he asking me to really what need does the church have? That, that my experience brings to this. Because if you don't step in that gap, then I have to ask the question, who with your lived experience is going to step into that place where God is calling you? So so give some real serious consideration to, to the gifts and the talents that, that you bring to the table that are unique to you and unique to where God will ultimately place you. And on that same thought, what can we do as congregations? What can congregations like Zion do to encourage men to consider church vocations like serving as a pastor. Sure. This probably won't sound too insightful, but the first thing is just support your pastors. You know, the very few men in the congregation are going to say, hey, yeah, I want to go do that if they see their pastor getting beat up every day. So, you know, support the pastors. And and I know economics, political, politics, all kinds of things, you know, they're, not every church can pay their pastor what they wish they could and, and things like that. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about loving on them. The other thing is just form young men early. You know, give them opportunities to serve. Don't make the the board of elders the 70 and over club. You know, reach down and, and, and form these and encourage men. And, and the not just the pastor, but the elders and other leaders in the church need to be taking on that responsibility of reaching down to those young men and finding a spot for them, whether it's just greeters. You know, take that young man who's who's sheepishly handing out a bulletin on Sunday morning and, and encourage him to engage with people as they come in and welcome them into the house of the Lord and let them know what kind of important job that is, that that they get to be the face that, that is seen first as they enter into to, to the presence of the Lord. I, I mean, what an important job there. And, and just encourage men to grow in that. Amen. Wow. Well, thank you very much for spending time with me today, for sharing your story and the encouragement for, for men to consider serving as pastors and, and really for, for all to consider church work vocations, whether it's a man serving as a pastor or others serving in other vocations. We really appreciate your time today, Pastor. Well, thank you. I appreciate being invited. You can learn more about Set Apart to Serve by visiting lcms.org SAS. Our guest today, Pastor Brian Roberts of Zion Lutheran Church in Peavely, Missouri. I'm Andy Bates. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Oh, 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 o